Exodus chapter 10 and look at verse 21. I preached this up in Kentucky. And uh, uh, that's in that meeting that where all those young people come to know the Lord. And with the Lord's help, we'll, we'll do our best with it tonight. Exodus 10 and verse 21. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They saw not one another, neither rose any from his place for three days. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Father, we do thank you for our home church. And Lord, it's always a blessing for Barbara and I to to be back home, especially uh, when we get to hear our pastor. I pray you would use him as what's already been asked, that he'd be a blessing to those folks there in New York. I pray you'd help me tonight. Give us good liberty. Make the preaching time easy. Let me be a blessing to these your people. I pray your will be done. If there would be here one unsettled, unsaved, we pray we'd say enough about our Lord and Savior where they'd come and trust Him before it's too late. And we thank you for what you're going to do, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm, I'm looking at this thought of the, of this ninth plague. You know, uh, the children of Israel were in bondage. You know these things for some 430 years. And when they finally bottomed out, when they came to the end of the line, they began to cry out for a deliverer. And unbeknownst to them, God some 80 years prior had already set the wheels in motion uh, with the birth of Moses. The preacher talked about Jochebed Sunday morning. Amen. Boy, that was quite a Mother's Day message. Amen. But then uh, when, when Moses went before Pharaoh, Pharaoh's attitude was the attitude of government today. Who is the Lord? Who is God that I should have been? And so... Right then, you know, I, I, I like to use a little imagination. I can see God saying, okay, big boy, I'm fixing to show you who I am. Amen. And he, uh, he, uh, through Moses, uh, God sent uh, ten plagues upon the land of Egypt. Uh, by the time uh, of that tenth plague, Egypt's left in shambles and uh, Egypt pretty well destroyed. But here now, this is the last one, the last plague before the death of the firstborn. God's getting serious with, with, with Pharaoh. Amen. And what happens here is this plague of, of blackness, of darkness. The sun didn't shine. For three days, for three whole days, the sun didn't shine. Amen. Look at it again. And the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out thine hand, Toward heaven that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt. Even darkness which may be felt. You know, man has some natural fears. One of them, though the macho man won't, won't, won't own up to it. One of them is, uh, man's afraid of the dark. You know, he's one, so I'm not afraid of the dark. I'd like to see you in some places. 
Take my hat. I, I remember as a boy growing up, uh, my mama s- said, son, go down in the basement and fetch me whatever it was. I don't remember what it was. And uh, there in, in the house, there was a light switch right there uh, on the stairwell. And But when you got down to the basement, there wasn't no light switch. You had to feel around and work your way to the uh, to the pool chain. You remember that, some of you? Hey, man. At least it wasn't that gas light, you know. It was, it was a pool chain. And uh, I, I, said, I said, Mama, couldn't my brother go with me? And she said, no, son, you can get it. You can get it. And, boy, I went down them stairs and I started to feel around. I just knew some Hank would get me before I got to that pool chain. Hey, man. Man has a natural fear of darkness. Well, this ninth plague here, uh, this judgment upon Egypt, is a picture of the darkness of hell. Part of the torment of hell is the darkness. Look look here at uh, verse 23 again. It says, they saw not one another, neither rose any from their place for three days. They could feel this darkness. Wherever they were, when the darkness set in, it froze them in their place. Nobody moved for three days. Nobody stirred about. For three days. If they were in their bed, they stayed there. They were sitting in a chair, they stayed there. Wherever they were standing, they didn't move. They could feel that darkness. That's a picture of hell. You die in your sin, you'll feel that darkness. You'll feel it for all eternity. Then some idiot will ask me, I shouldn't have said that. Somebody will ask me, I'm sorry, I, I need to be more polite. I'm in the preacher's pulpit. But uh, they'll say, well, if hell's a place of darkness, how can it be a place of fire? Let me assure you, it's not a problem with God. Even science is catching up with the Lord. Because science realizes that the hotter the fire, the less the flame. Amen. Hey, hell's going to be a place of darkness. I remember Barbara and I, we, we travel enough on our, you know, in the ministry, even, even when I was pastoring. So we've never been, you know, one of these families that always plans a vacation. I'm not against that if you do that. But we did, we did go on a vacation one time. This many years back, all we had was the three oldest children. And, and, uh, at that time. And somebody said, well, since you're, since you're down that way, you ought to go through the, the Mammoth Cave. And so, you know, we did. We went to the Mammoth Cave. And there was about three tours back then that, you know, I, that was one, one was enough for me. I was one and done on, on that cave. <laughs> And, uh, but the, there was one they just took you in a little ways and one they took you in a little further. 
And there was another where he went caving, where he was in there for like three, you know, overnight, you know, and and uh, he was going through tight places, and 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 uh, you know, when they talking about that, I said, "Thank you, but I've got a life." And uh, but we we uh, we took that shortest one, and we got down in there. And of course, they're talking about you know the millions and billions of years and all this junk. And uh, but then they, after they did all their spill, they said, "Now we're going to turn the lights out." We need to warn you that when we turn the lights out, you will not be able to see. Your eyes will not adjust. Do not move from where you are when we turn the lights out. If you have any little children, uh, you hang on to them. Don't let them hang on to you. Because if they take off, there's caverns here that they could fall in and we may never find them. So we're going to turn the lights out and and do not move from where you are. Well, they turned the lights out. Everybody began to get a little uneasy. You know how the darkness makes you uneasy. They, in reality, they didn't leave them out long. But I'm telling you, it seemed like a long time. It seemed like a long time. After a little bit, boy, folks were really getting uneasy. They began to cry out, Hey, hey, turn the lights back on. And then more would chime in. Hey, turn these lights back on. Somebody, please, turn the lights back on. And they finally turned the lights back on. Can I tell you something? There's no light switch in hell. No light switch in hell. You'll feel that darkness for all of eternity. There's no light switch in hell. Hell's a terrible place. Well, what I want to preach on is that last phrase that I read there in verse 23. But... All the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Amen. I don't usually title messages. Somebody usually titles them for me. But I titled this one, Where Was Moses When the Lights Went Out? Where was Moses when the lights went out? Amen. Now, I've got three little thoughts in this, okay, as time permits. The first one's pretty simple. You ought to already be up on it when you think about it. Where was Moses when the lights went out? You ever hear that term, basking in the light? Hey, man. Reminds me of that old Johnny Cash song. I saw all the light. No, that's enough of that, right? <laughs> basking in the light. Uh, when the lights went out, I believe Moses, you found Moses basking in the light. Amen. First of all, he was basking in the light of salvation. Amen. Boy, he was praising God that he was in Goshen. 
I believe Moses might have took 59 laps around Goshen. Thanking God he was in the light. Amen. Amen. I don't believe he, he wasted any time sitting there thinking, boy, I don't know why I couldn't be out there in that darkness. Amen. Amen. You know what's amazing to me is a lot of people that name the name of Christ, they act like they'd rather be out in the darkness. Instead of being uneasy in the darkness, they're uneasy in the church house. I can prove it to you just in a couple little ways. One is like this. I actually had a man do this. <laughs> I think he was telling me I was preaching too long. I was, in, I was in a church in Ohio, I won't tell you where. No, it was Indiana, excuse me. Two little old ladies sat behind my boys when they traveled. And they said, boy, we wish we had a hammer. We'd silence him. <laughs> what are you saying? I'm saying we act like we're, we're more at home in the darkness. But not Moses. He was thanking God for a sacrificial lamb. He was thankful that when the Lord looked down, he'd say, I don't see anything. He was thankful that he saw the light. Now I'm talking about the light of the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you know every one of us was born in darkness? Every one of us was born without hope. We were born without God. We were born on the wrong side of things. We are without hope, without God, on our way to this place of darkness, this place called hell. But thank God Jesus went to Calvary and He paid the sin debt and He paid it in full. Amen. Well, I remember that old man of God preaching me into hell that morning. Barbara and I both sweat through that service. But I'm thankful he turned it around, told me the way the cross leads home, showed me the light of the gospel. I followed that light up to that altar, turned from my sin. I didn't know all the uh, terminology and how, how to tell everybody, but I knew this, I come up different. You know where I was Sunday night? I was back in church. And I've been in church since I could probably count on Maybe one hand, I know no more than two hands, the times that I haven't been in church. Hey, man. Hey, I like coming to church. I like to hear the good news from the Word of God. I love to hear our preacher preach. Hey, man. I, I love to be around God's people and fellowship. Hey, there's no better place. Hey, man. It, it bothers me when folks seem to be more comfortable out there in the darkness. Amen. But not Moses. Boy, he's basking in the light of salvation. Did you know that God didn't have to, he didn't have to pay our debt? He didn't have to go to Calvary. But in reality, everything that God did, the focal point was Calvary. Because God desires fellowship with man. Amen. But Moses, he came out of that darkness, came into the light.
I believe God. Amen. Well, he's basking in the light of salvation. Let me move on to this second point. And that is that not only was he basking in the light of salvation, but I believe he's also basking in the light of faithful service. I, I believe he's thanking God that he was in Goshen when the darkness fell. Amen. I, I, I believe he's thanking God he didn't run down to Egypt for something. Amen. That he was where he was supposed to be, doing what he was supposed to be doing, basking in the light of faithful service. Well, you got, you, you got excited on the other one. You know this thing? We take the service, we take it lightly. Just like we take the salvation lightly, we take the service lightly. Did you know God could do it, He could do it however He chose to do it? But He chooses to work through you and I. Amen. Hey, it's a privilege, it's a blessing that God would think enough of us to choose us to be in service for Him. Amen. Now, we, we understand that, especially from the Mother's Day message, how that, uh, God had His hand on Moses from the beginning. And, uh, but Moses was, I mean, the whole purpose of the birth of Moses was that so that he could be the deliverer of the children of Israel. Now, he didn't run from God. He had a lot of excuses there when God's dealing with him. Uh, you know, but, uh, once, once he settled in his heart, that's what he was doing. He went before Pharaoh with the power of God upon him. And he's, and here, what God did. But now he's in Goshen. All of Egypt's in darkness. And he's in Goshen. Now, did you ever stop to think what Moses and the children of Israel were missing out on in Goshen? I hear too many people talking about, you poor Christians. You miss out on so much. Yeah, thank you, Mike. Can I show you what they're missing out on? Let let me show you how the devil works first. Can I do that? See, the devil wants you out in Egypt. He wants to keep you blinded. If you're here and you're lost, he wants to keep you blinded to the truth, blinded in your sin. You and I that are saved, He wants to keep us blinded to where we're detoured from having God's best in our life. But but that's how the devil works. Look at, look at Exodus chapter 8. Exodus chapter 8. And look at verse 25. And Pharaoh called for Moses and for Aaron and said, Go ye, sacrifice to your God in the land. You know what Pharaoh's telling them? Uh, you don't have to go off to serve God. You can serve God right here in Egypt. H- how's that correlate? Well, you remember that COVID? Well, you really don't have to go to church. You can watch it online. Now, I'm not against having it online. For those who can't come. But you know we get accustomed to that. We can sip our coffee and eat our toast. And and don't even have to get dressed. 
Don't even put a tie on. Amen. You can serve him right here in Egypt. You don't have you don't have to separate unto God. When that didn't work, look at verse twenty-eight. And Pharaoh said, I will let you go that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only ye shall not go very far away. Okay, since Moses wouldn't agree to the first part of it, Pharaoh says, okay, you can go, but just don't go too far. You know, the devil's telling you, you don't have to become a fanatic on this thing. You know, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, uh, uh, vacation Bible school, church camp. How are you going to go on vacation? You know, you know, just don't, don't, get, don't get too far into this thing. Amen. Look at chapter 10. Chapter 10 and verse 8. And Moses and Aaron were brought again unto Pharaoh. And he said, Go serve the Lord your God, but who are they that shall go? And Moses said, We will go with our young and with our old, with our sons and with our daughters, with our flocks and with our herds will we go, for we must hold a feast unto the Lord. And Pharaoh, look, look at verse 11. Pharaoh answered says, Not so. Go now ye that are men and serve the Lord. And Pharaoh told Moses, Well, that's all right for you that are grown. But leave your children here. We'll, we'll train your children for you. Yeah, that's what the government's saying now. They're actually saying on the media, they're our children. They're not, they don't belong to you. They're our children. Devil's doing a pretty good job, isn't he? Yeah, if, if you, if you want to go and serve the Lord Moses, you and all the, uh, the men and those that are grown, you go. But don't take your children. Leave them here. It's like if, if you have a child that's sick, and the doctor says they need this medication. And you'd be dumb enough to say, well, when they get old enough, we'll let them make up their mind. You wouldn't do that. But you're doing it with your children. When it comes to spiritual matters. Amen. Look at one last thing. Then we'll get on that other Look, look at, uh, again in Matt, uh, Exodus 10 and verse 24. And Pharaoh called unto Moses and said, Go ye serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds be stayed, and let your little ones also go with you. Pharaoh said, Okay, it, uh, the whole family can go, but don't take your checkbook. Leave your monies here. You know, if you put all that money in the church, you won't be able to get that big 4 by 4 truck. Your, your wife won't have that SUV. Junior won't get his Mustang. You know, when I turned 16, that's when the Mustangs t- came out. I'll tell you how old I am. 
And I, I told my dad, I said, boy, you know, I've got my license. I know just what I need. I need one of them Mustangs they come out with. And my dad said, if you can afford it, get it. All I could afford was a Studebaker. That, that was a car. That was a car company before government bailouts. Amen. It was a 58 Studebaker. Barbara hated that car. But she got in because I was in it. Amen. But she hated that car. But that's all I could afford was that Studebaker. But what are you saying? I'm saying the devil's going to tell you, you know, you've got too many other things you can put your money in. The, the economy's pretty rough. You better lay up some savings. Amen. I, I, you know, from, from, the, from the missions conference, you cannot outdo the Lord. Uh, he's always better to us than what we deserve. I like to I like to boast on him, you know. When the, when that COVID did hit, it shut us down, and uh, you know that we were around too much. Then I, I'd come to church and everybody'd say, "When are you going on the road again?" <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> Amen. But uh, I, I, every, every phone call I got was another pastor canceling the meetings, just about every call. But then. This 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 is the boasting part. I had more income that year than I've had if I'd have had the meetings. God is good. Take my hand. It's a matter of being in His will. Hey, if He can feed the birds, He can feed one fat evangelist. Take my hand. Take my hand. That's who our God is. That's who I'm serving. But the devil's going to make you think, boy, you can't put all that in the church. So, so what I'm saying is the devil's trying to work on us to get us to, to stay in Egypt. To get us to compromise. Amen. But here now, he'll make you think you're missing out on something. Amen. Here, I want to show you now what the children of Israel were missing out on. Look at Exodus 8 again. And look at verse 20. Exodus 8 and verse 20. And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. Lord, he cometh forth, for he, I'm sorry. Lo, he cometh forth to the water and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go that they may serve me. Else, if thou wilt not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies upon thee, and upon thy servants, <coughs> and upon thy people, excuse me, and into thy houses, and the houses of the Egyptians shall be full of swarms of flies, and also the ground wherein they are. So, here, Pharaoh said, I mean, God said, we're going to send Swarms of flies upon the land of Egypt. Okay? Now, I don't know how you feel about flies, but I can't stand them. Amen? Flies are nasty. But now look at verse 22. And I will sever in that day the land of Goshen. 
in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there to the end that thou mayest know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. Uh, you know, man thought he'd come up with something with that no fly zone. God had it in the book of Exodus. God had the first no fly zone. He said to them flies, nope, you can't fly here. Amen. Can you imagine you know, you know, them bug whackers, zip, 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 zip. Can you imagine them flies, they're, they're headed toward the light over there in Goshen. They're, they're drawn to light. And they're headed to the light and they hit something no further. No flies, no flies in Goshen. Boy, don't you feel sorry for them? Could you imagine Moses sitting up there and saying, Oh, I don't know why we can't have flies. We're missing out on so much, Lord. Why can't we have flies? Amen. Now, we're laughing at that, but that's how we act. Amen. They missed out on the flies. I know you feel bad for them. Look at Exodus 9. Exodus 9. And look at verse 1. Then the Lord said unto Moses, Go into Pharaoh, unto Pharaoh, and tell him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. For if thou refuse to let them go, and wilt hold them still, behold, the land of Egypt is upon thy cattle, which is in the field, and upon the horses, upon the asses, upon the camels, upon the oxen, upon the sheep, there shall be a very grievous murrain. A very grievous murrain. All their livestock was dying. But look in verse 6. And the Lord did that thing on the morrow, and all the cattle of Egypt died. But of the cattle of children of Israel died not one. <laughs> See what they're missing out on? They still had to feed their cattle. They still had to make, milk them cows. They had to still take care of them lambs. I mean, they's, they's missing out, wasn't they? Hey, Amen. You, you get an idea of this thing? Hey, Amen. I, I, we think we're missing out on so much. Let me, let me show you another. Look in Exodus 9, verse 22. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch forth thine hand toward heaven, that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt, upon man and upon beast, and upon every herb of the field throughout all the land. God sends that hail and destroys the land of Egypt. But now look at verse 26. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, was there no hail. Don't you feel sorry for them children of Israel? They didn't even get any hail in their land. Amen. I mean, I, I, we, we get this idea that the world's really doing something. Did you know they're killing themselves trying to do something? Amen. But we get this idea, we're missing out. We're missing out. We're missing out. Yeah, I'm thankful I'm missing out. I don't want any flies. I don't want any murrhine. I want my, I don't have cattle. I want my vehicle to run. Amen. Want that transmission to shift when it's supposed to. Glory to God. Uh, hey, and, and, but there's one more, and that's what we've already read there in verse, in chapter 10, verse 23. But the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. They missed out on the darkness. Amen. Hey, this thing of walking with the Lord is not a grievous thing. 
Uh, His commandments are not grievous. Uh, But it's so hard to live for the Lord. Try walking away from Him. You'll find out what hard is if you try to walk away from Him. Amen. Hey, I don't know about you, but I kind of like to sing a basket in the light. I like being in that place of faithful service. Uh, you know, the Lord makes a difference. Let me show you that. Look at Exodus 11. Exodus 11. And uh, look at verse 7. Well, verse 6. And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor, in, nor shall be like it any more. But, well, I like that. Against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast that you may know how that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. Amen. I'm thankful God makes a difference. Amen. Uh, we don't want to be Pharisees. We don't want to, we don't want to act like, you know, uh, our, our nose is so far up in the air that if it rained we drowned. But we do want to, we do want to realize that, hey, it's what God's doing in our life. Amen. I'm thankful for where He put me. I'm thankful for what I have. I, I'm not coveting what they have in the darkness. I don't need what they have in the darkness. I, I am thankful for what the Lord's done in my life. Amen. Amen. Well, we see where Moses is basking in the light of his salvation. He's basking in the light of this Faithful servant, the separation unto the Lord. But then this last thought, and that is, he was basking in the light of satisfaction. He was satisfied in his Lord. Amen. Uh, some of you, you know, when you ask how you're doing, it's better than I deserve. You know what that is? It's basking in the light of satisfaction. Amen. He's all that he ever claimed to be and even more. What the psalmist write in Psalm 23? You know, Psalm 23 is read at funerals. That's for the living. Psalm 23, the Lord is. I like that. The Lord is. He is. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Amen. Hey, everything I need, he's already, he's already given it. Amen. Uh, uh, there's not one thing I'm coveting. I, you know, I am content with what God is doing in my life. Amen. I, I, I like this thing of being in the light. I like this thing of walking in the light. I like this thing of Lord's blessings upon my life. Amen. Job 19, Job says, the fear of the Lord tendeth to life, and he that hath it shall abide satisfied. Amen. That's a good word to learn. Satisfied. Amen. When you become unsatisfied, you need to check out where you're at. When all of a sudden you're not content. Uh, you, you may be out there in Egypt too much. Amen. You may have swayed too far out there away from Goshen. 
if you're not content. Moses, he didn't need a thing. He was, he was thankful for what the Lord had done. He was thankful for where the Lord had put him. He was thankful that he was basking in the light. Can I hit that first point again just one time? Well, our introduction. There was darkness in all the land of Egypt. But there was light in Goshen. I'm headed to a place where there's no need of the sun. There'll be no darkness. There'll be no sin. There'll be no sickness. There'll be no sorrow. I'm headed to a better place. Amen. Where the sun will always shine. It's the sun, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. What are you saying? It wasn't just for me. It was also for you. If you're here and you're not settled, you need to realize, hey, death's on your trail. Every one of us has an allotted amount of days on planet Earth. You'll not exceed them. My mother lived to be 87. My dad died when he was 76. I had an older sister that passed away when she was 63. I had an older brother that died when he was 27. I used to, when they'd go to a motel, they'd have local papers out. I'd look at the obituaries. Not that I knew those people, but I'd look at the ages. Some of them would be 16. Some of them would be 96. And a bunch of them anywhere in between. What are you saying? Hey, if you don't know that you know that you know that you're in the light, then you're headed for darkness. You're headed for darkness. If you're here and the world has more appeal to you than the light of the gospel, you're headed for darkness. You need to make sure that you know, that you know, that you know. That you've been born again. I'm thankful for what the Lord's doing in my life. I'd like to boast on him more often. I may surprise you folks one day and take off in the church. Just to see if you all would follow me. Amen. It's not a show. But God does move. Amen. I like to see God move. I like it when there's a settling. I like it when you can Feel him working on hearts. That means that door's opening. That's the time to come. That's the time to get in the light. Get out of the darkness. Come to trust him.